there are two viewpoints about the church in the end times. What condition will the church be in in the end time? There's two particular viewpoints. Uh, on one of, one of those, both, both ideas of theology, they match on the first part of that. They both agree that the world will go into decline, moral decline, spiritual decline, uh, that there will be a time uh, of, of apostasy. It'll be a great time where there'll be a falling away. You can't deny that from scripture, that that's gonna happen. May I remind you now, I've done this long enough to know when I'm doing good and when I'm not doing good. So you gotta do your part, I'm gonna do my part, but I will not do it alone this morning. Amen. So the church will go into decline, not just the local church, the universal church, the church of the living God. Both agree on that. Now here's the difference in the idea. One idea of theology says that there's nothing you can do about it and that's the way it will be and no matter how hard you preach, no matter what you believe, no matter how much you have faith in God, it's gonna happen, you can't change it, it's bound to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's kinda like uh, the idea of the, of the preacher, he had that outlook and everything, everything that happened, you know, he just looked at it as though, well, uh, it, it happened because God wanted it to happen. You know, there's a lot of things we say God wants to happen that he doesn't want to happen. So he had that idea and he's walking up the stairs. They had a lot of stairs going into their front porch at their church. He got halfway up and he fell down and he got up and said, praise the Lord, that's over. That's the way some people look at everything. Well, nothing we can do about it, let's fold our arms. I am not of that persuasion. I, I believe that even though the church is on the decline, I believe that there will be an end time revival. Now, I don't believe it will be everywhere. I don't believe every church will experience. In fact, probably it'll be rare in America. And the only reason that it, it won't happen everywhere, it's not because God is showing preference to certain people. It's just, you're not gonna have it if you don't want it. And our problem is we've, we've crowded God out with stuff, with things. I'm not saying they're bad things. It's just he gets, he gets the leftovers in America. Amen, I'm moving on. But for those that want it, there will be an end time revival. Uh, we know Haggai prophesied about it, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah. I'm not going to all the references, but I believe that there is hope for revival. I can't help what every other church does. I can't help what every other a person believes, but I'm responsible for this pulpit. And I want you to know we have the greatest opportunity in all the world here at Rubyville right now in this age to see a revival come. Amen. Well, if we want to see a revival come, we have to know how to have a revival. And to me, I think Jesus is the master of all teachers. In Capernaum, you do realize that 70 to 80% of the miracles that Jesus performed in his ministry, he performed in the area of Capernaum. 
Capernaum was the place where he dwelt on the Sea of Galilee. So when you get around the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, that area, you don't have to travel very far to experience in the Holy Land, to experience about 70 to 80% of the miracles that Christ performed because it took place either on the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, or the small villages surrounding that area. So that's where the bulk of his three and a half year ministry took place was in the area of Capernaum. He no longer was from Nazareth. He's now settled in Capernaum and there were cities that he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. But Capernaum was different. They wanted to hear. They wanted to know. They wanted to be blessed. They wanted to understand. Do you want that? Here's what happens. Chapter two and verse one. And again, he, he being Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? That's why he could, he was God. And immediately when Jesus was perceived, perceived, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy. I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. That's revival. Now, there's some things that have to take place from this text if we're going to see revival come. Let me tell you some things that, are, that we can see that uh, some are self-evident, some are somewhat covered. You have to dig them out to see them, but still you'll see them. First of all, it takes promotion. It was noised in verse one. It was noised that he was in the house. They start talking about it. You'll never see revival come until you start talking about the goodness of the Lord and expecting revival to come and telling others of the goodness of God. You, do you know why a lot of churches can't experience revival? They don't like themselves. They don't say anything good about their own church. And I realize that you can't satisfy everybody all the time, but I'm saying this in, in a compassionate way. We should learn if we don't have something good to say about the church and something good to say about Jesus, we best not say anything at all. 
but people won't come until we tell them what's going on. I don't know about you, but I am glad I was here last Sunday night. I am glad I was here last Wednesday night. I am glad I am here today. I'm glad that I have seen the hand of God move in this place and everywhere that I go, for those of you that travel from place to place, when I go and travel and preach, I don't care where it's at. I don't care if I'm as far south as you can go, as far north as you can go, if I'm out west, if I'm on the east coast, I always tell everybody everywhere, I say, everyone should at least pass by Rubyville one time on their way to heaven. There's something special about this place. And when I don't think that this is a special place, I probably need to step aside as your pastor. Promotion. Have you told anyone about the Lord this week? Have you invited anyone to church this week? I'm not talking about inviting people for the wrong reason or the wrong idea. I'm talking about letting people know that that you are concerned about what's going on at church and let people know how good that it is. Promotion. The other thing is prayer. It was noised that he was in the house. Now you say, how do you get prayer out of that? Well, do you think Jesus just walked into a house that he wasn't invited? No, he'll only go where he's invited. Do you know that Jesus will only stay where he's wanted? You know Jesus only comes where he's invited? Now that's amazing to me. He has the power to do anything, but yet there's some things he refuses to do unless we ask him. Somebody invited him to their home. Somebody talked to Jesus and said, will you come in? I hope somebody here today has already talked to the Lord and invited him and his presence here in this church this morning and someone said, Jesus, we want you to be there. So it takes prayer to experience his presence. You can't experience his presence without prayer. And can I add this? It's not how long you pray. Now, I know we can pray a long time. We're to pray without ceasing. But sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with long prayers, but you don't have to keep begging and begging and begging. You know, they invited him. They didn't have to invite him after they, he was already there. He was there. So you pray about it, but then you experience his presence. Look at the next thing. There was preaching. Look in verse two. He preached the word unto them. You can't have revival without preaching. I love singing. I, I, love, I love to be in the spirit and singing. And, and I love to hear the music. But you know, I do know this as well. It still takes the preaching of the word of God. We need to be taught from the word of God. The word of God needs to be preached to us. And thank God for preachers that still stand firm on God's word and will preach the truth because people need to hear the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There was preaching. Well, that didn't go over good. Let's try the next one. Verse three, there was passion. They come bringing one. He was born a four. Somebody had enough passion to say, we gotta get him to Jesus. If we get him to Jesus, everything will be all right. 
if we can somehow get him in the presence of the Lord, I know that he'll be healed. So they not only had enough passion to look at him and say, isn't that something that poor fella, he's sick of palsy, lying on his bed, can't do anything for himself. But they not only looked at him, but they had enough passion to pick him up and bring him. And when they got there, the crowd was so large that they couldn't get in all the way to the door. They realized there's no way to get him then. They didn't let that discourage him. They went to the top and they removed the towels and they lowered him down to get him to Jesus. They, it doesn't say they went down with him. They got him there. They said, whether we see him or not, we're gonna get him to where he can see the Lord because if he sees Jesus, something will happen. We need to be passionate about our service to the Lord Jesus Christ on the job, in our community, in our church. We need to have a passion for those that are lost. So it takes promotion. It takes prayer. It takes preaching. It takes passion. And then two, verse 10, it takes power. The son of man hath power on earth. It takes power. See, you can come and go through the motions and if there's no power there, then nothing will happen. The power comes from Jesus. Now here was the problem. He said, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And when he said, arise and take up thy bed and walk, he first told him, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now that confused him because they said there's only one that has the power to pardon and that's God. And now you've done something that only God can do. I mentioned earlier, of course, he could do it. But also he not only forgave him of his sins, he gave him healing. Now, I, I, I wanna make this perfectly clear. I'm not, I'm not backward about this at all. There's two things that'll never happen if the power of God's not there. People will not find forgiveness of sin and people will not be healed. There's no power in me. I love to pray for people, but I'm praying for the power of God to touch you. I'm not praying that my power can touch you. I can't do anything for you. It takes the power of God to do it. But there is a difference between going to church and going to church where the power of Christ is manifest and revealed. When his power is revealed, strange things happen. So there has to be the power of God that is there. Nothing any more miserable than going to church, sitting through services and it just being dry and dull and empty and no power of God there. The power of God will change you, my friend. He left a different man. It's more than just getting up from his bed. He got up from his bed because not only was the healing there available through Jesus, but also the power of God had lifted the load of sin. Do you know when the power of Christ lifts the burden of sin and when the Lord raises you up, you're a different person. You leave a different person. Power. But then, verse 12, 
Verse 12 says they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. An individual attended our church for some time. I really don't know why they were here. I mean that. There's somebody, I don't know why they're here. Because it's evident this last point, if you didn't get them all, run over them, okay? There has to be a promotion to see revival. There has to be prayer, has to be preaching. There has to be passion. There has to be power. But also there has to be praise. This individual constantly, they're contacting me. I mean, I'm talking two, three times a week, contacting. I, why do you do that? Why do they run? Because they can. We had one service where, and this is not an exaggeration, four to 500 people were at the front of the church praising God. And they were gawking. So they contacted me. I've never seen anything like that. That's not Bible. We never saw it on this fashion. That was the verse I gave him. You hang around here long enough, it's hard to tell what you'll see. And I'm not embarrassed about that. I don't, I don't expect you to praise God like I praise God, but I tell you one thing, there's only one group of people that is given permission, if you're saved, one group of saved people is given permission not to praise the Lord. The dead praise him not. That's the word of God. If you've got life, if you've got breath, if God has blessed you and allowed you to be in his house and we have seen him do such great things, we ought to say we have not seen it on this fashion. We are all amazed, but we glorify God. It doesn't say some of them were amazed. They were all amazed. They all glorified God. Do you know what that tells me? If you can't praise God this morning, you're dead and don't know it. You got it right to praise him. I was a sinner on my way to hell, but the grace of God that brings us salvation reached out into a pit and picked me up. 
blessed Wednesday night. I got blessed last Sunday. Well, how would you like for God to treat you like that? To look at you and say, no, no, no. I blessed you last week. I'm gonna wait a month to give you another one. No, he doesn't do that. And by the way, it is not scriptural for you to excuse your lack of praise. It's not. One of our dear elderly saints walked into church with me the other morning and as far as I'm concerned, gave me that I'm not saying this with pride. I'm saying it with humility. She broke my heart. She said, Pastor, I just want to thank you. I said, thank me. What have I done? I've not done anything. She said, oh no, I was in church years and years and years and years and said, I didn't know that that you could just praise God all the time and you needed to praise God regardless of how you felt in body and what was going on. Said, you taught me how to praise the Lord no matter what's happening. If I do nothing else, I pray that God would lead me to teach you praise is the power and victory over the enemy. God didn't do it for no reason. He did it so you'll praise him. There has never been a great revival come without praise being attached to it. Revival flooded into Asbury this spring. Late winter, early spring. Praise was attached to it. Anytime you see a great revival come, praise is there. Now, I can tell you this. I know a lot of churches, they're not gonna have a revival because why should God revive them? They wouldn't thank him for it anyway. They wouldn't praise him for it. Praise. 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 I want to see revival to you. Time to promote the Lord. Time to promote the local church. Time, time to pray. Time to have some passion. Time to praise. Time to preach. Time to experience the power of God. The day is now. I want us to be in revival when Jesus comes again. I do.